0: Today's Old Testament lesson is from Jeremiah 33, verses 14 through 16. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. The New Testament lesson for today is from Luke 21, verses 25 through 36. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars... And on the earth, distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life and that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap for it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth be alert at all times praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God.
1: Amen. Thank you so much, Lydia. Advent. Our scripture passage this morning from Luke might be a little bit of an unusual one doesn't feel like it has a whole lot to do with Lent. Typically, if we think about the Gospel of Luke, I said Lent, and I meant Advent. (laughs) Pastors make mistakes. Excuse me. It's also a purple season. Uh, (laughs) In the season of Advent, when we think about the uh, Gospel of Luke, our minds typically turn toward which chapter? Anybody know? Chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, which is the birth story of Christ, right? That's typically where we go whenever it comes to Advent, because... Isn't that what it's all about? Like, we're getting to Christmas, the birth of Christ. And don't worry, we will get there. Luke chapter 2 is coming. But Advent isn't just about the past. It's also about the future, that which is to come. And so we turn to passages like this, which are strange during Advent. Um, This is a passage that you might expect to hear during... um, Lint, perhaps. This is a what we call apocalyptic passage. And now, fair warning: uh, the word apocalyptic uh, does not actually just mean like absolute destruction and all of this kind of stuff. Apo- apocalyptic uh, comes from the Greek word that means revelation. Hence, we have the book Revelation, it means the apocalypse. Uh, And it's not just referring to the end times, it's referring to an actual understanding, to have new insight for something to be revealed. And that's what Jesus is doing with his disciples during this point, in this moment of apocalypse. He's giving them a revelation. The times, the days are surely coming, right? These kind of times. When, and he goes on to, to describe, well, an interesting time, that, uh, that there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. And people will faint from fear of foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. All right, so this is a pretty intense passage here. And then we get into this moment in which They will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and glory. This is different than Advent. A bit. Because when we think about Jesus' coming, we think about shepherds and wise men, and a manger scene, and a child born in a lowly setting. And here we have the Son of Man coming on a cloud. And there's all of this intense stuff going on all around us. It's apocalyptic, if you will. Advent holds in tension. Let me use that word a lot. Advent holds in tension past, present, and future. We look back upon the birth of Christ as a recognition of what God has done for us. We recognize in our present moment where we are with Christ, and we look toward a future in which Christ will come again. And so Advent's one of these weird seasons in which we really have to contend with a lot of different concepts, past, present, and future. Concepts of hope, peace, joy, and love. And today, as we turn to love, um, excuse me, hope. My goodness, there's something wrong with me this morning. As we turn toward hope, as we consider the hope that Advent implies, we're going to need to unpack this word in a very particular way. Now, hope, biblical hope, if you were in Sunday school this morning, you already heard this. Biblical hope is not optimism. There's nothing wrong with optimism, and optimism is an important part of the human condition. We need optimism in order to keep going. Biblical hope is not optimism. In fact, the, uh, the people in scripture who often are representations of hope recognize that things probably won't get better. This kind of hope that we're talking about in the season of Advent isn't like the manifestation of the, uh, the five stair-step song, Ooh Child. Anybody? 70s kids? Ooh child, things are gonna get easier. Oh, child, things are going to get brighter. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not that. It's not that kind of hope. This is a complicated hope. And so I've picked out four different words uh, from three different languages, of course, uh, in order to really unpack this word. The first is the Greek word elpis. Elpis. And typically in the New Testament, if you see the word hope show up, it's from this Greek word, elpis, which is better translated as anticipation. Anticipation. Ooh, that's a good word right there. My mind immediately goes toward uh, Christmas Eve. I remember uh, thinking about, you know, what was going to happen the next morning, right? A couple gifts under the tree. Dad always made a big breakfast. There's all those fun times. We went and saw family. We got to, you know, play outside. There were even some times when it snowed. I don't know if Do we get snow down here? Okay. Sometimes? <laughs> I haven't been here long enough, apparently. And it's, and, and it's that Christmas Eve anticipation. Like, tomorrow's going to be awesome. Can't wait. El peace. That's hope. Anticipation. Then there is one of the Hebrew words for hope. And, uh, and we often see there are two Hebrew words for hope, and they both kind of end up right around each other. This one that I want us to think about is kavah. And kavah uh, comes from the Hebrew word kav, which means a cord, okay, like a rope. And if you have a rope, I'll pretend this is a rope. Uh, a caval a is to have a rope pulled, to have tension on a rope, and it's to have such tension as to wait for some kind of release. Right? Either this rope is going to snap, or it's going to, or I'm going to let go of it. But it's that kind of tension, waiting for that release. Okay? So that's caval tension. There's a lot of tension in the season of Advent, even if you're not with family. Nobody laughed at that? Okay, thank you. <laughs> the third word from our third language comes from a Spanish word, esperanza. Ooh, that's a fun word to say, esperanza. Esperanza uh, is, means hope, but it's a kind of hope that is patient. Okay, it's recognizing that there is something to come. There is that anticipation. And there is recognition of the tension. But there is patience accompanying that hope. That it's something that doesn't just happen. There is time in between. Esperanza. And the final word that I want us to unpack as we look at the word hope, is another Hebrew word, which just next to kaval often shows up, yakal. Yakal. This is the word that uh, most frequently in, in the Hebrew language gets translated as hope, and it means to wait. Okay, yes. But not just to wait. It is to wait with expectation. So there's a sense of the anticipation that's there that we get from the Pis, but it's expectation. And and when there's expectation, there's a slight difference between anticipation. Anticipation is wanting the next day to be awesome. Anticipation is, is wanting to see the culmination of whatever's going on. Expectation is knowing, knowing what's going to happen. We expect this. And if our expectations are shattered, then we are met with disappointment, right? We know this. And so yakal has this waiting with expectation. So as we're thinking about these four words, el peace, which is anticipation, anticipatory hope, kaval, which is tension or tense hope, esperanza, which is patience or patient hope, and yakal which is waiting with expectation or expectant hope, we start to see hope in a new light, if you will. That it's not just about optimism, it's about understanding. It's not just about what we want to happen, it's about what we know will happen. And there's one more thing that we need to understand about all of this hope. And that is that hope is not passive. We when we think about the waiting, we think about anticipation, we think about expectation, we think that there's nothing for us to do except to wait, to hope, to let the time pass until it comes. This biblical hope is not passive. It's not about just sitting around waiting for something to happen. It is active. It is intentional. That kind of hope. It's not someday a long way away. It is imminent, happening right now. You see, the warning signs that Jesus talks about in uh, in Luke chapter twenty one are complicated because, well, for two thousand years people have been able to say it's happening, the end is near, right? Because for about two thousand years nations have been distressed hasn't been like a whole lot of peace between nations. For about 2,000 years, the seas and the waves have been roaring, because that's what waves and seas do, particularly during hurricane season, right? So, so these, these signs have been happening. They've been going on for a very long time. And so what we end up doing is we end up rationalizing, saying, well, maybe it's going to be worse than it is now, and that might actually be true. Uh, Maybe it's going to be worse than it is now when the end times come. But that's not the point of these signs. These signs are signs for us now as a recognition that the coming of Christ is imminent. Jesus even says, and this this is horribly confusing. Jesus says, this generation will not pass away until all of these things have taken place. I don't know about y'all, but I don't see too many 2,000 year old Jews walking around. So, was Jesus wrong? Did Jesus lie to them? Or are we missing the point here? That it's not just about the end times apocalypse. It's about this revelation, the imminence of this hope. The early church. And this is good, y'all. The early church was expecting, anticipating. They knew and they held intention that Jesus was coming back like tomorrow. Maybe not even tomorrow, maybe this afternoon. Like the the early church, they knew that for a fact. Why? It's, It's riddled throughout scripture. Like they knew that Jesus was coming right back. Had to pop up to heaven for a little bit, coming right back. And because of this, they took their mission very seriously. The early church ends up spreading across the globe faster than COVID-19 because they had this imminent expectation that Christ was coming back. And guess what? we got to do the work before Jesus does come back. And then a century passes, and a few more. We start hitting millennia, and we 2,000 years later, and we start to wonder... A lot of generations have passed since Jesus said this, so how do, we, how do we reconcile with that? How do we hold on to hope if nothing's happening? We became stagnant. There's a, there's a show that I have a guilty pleasure with. Uh, that's, it's a British sh- show, so that goes to show you my taste. Uh, it's called Doctor Who. Anybody ever watch Doctor Who? Yeah, all right, there we go, fantastic. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big Doctor Who fan, um, and both, both the old series and the new ones, and in there, in this show, the church shows up a lot, and uh, Doctor Who is a show that is based about this Character called a Time Lord Uh, Go figure and this Time Lord is is, travels throughout space and time Okay, so past and future and also present day and space alien worlds and also earth and all this kind of stuff And in the future the church shows up a lot But not in the way that the church is present today. Uh, the church ends up showing up as this military organization and the characters who are from present day end up asking what happened to the church? And the main character called the doctor uh, says they got tired of waiting. And at first I was like crushed by this notion. I was like, wait, the church got tired of waiting so they just go and become this military organization? And then it hit me. No, 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 The church, that's our, that happened to them already. Anybody remember the Crusades? Well, probably not, you weren't alive, but from history? Yeah, the church has already been a military organization. The church has gotten stagnant many times, and they start giving up on this hope, this anticipation, this tension, this expectation of the coming Christ, and so they start doing other things that aren't about Christ. And that was like the whole lesson I got from this episode that was more profound than that, but was that the church ended up backing off of their mission because they got tired. They stopped hoping. We as a church have become stagnant, compared at least to the early church, because what we expected to happen didn't happen, at least not in our timing. And so we wrestle with this concept of hope, because when's it going to happen? And here's the thing that we need to understand. Patience is, yes, a certain uh, part of this, but also that we have a very self-centered sense of this time. We want this to happen for us, and God is working for the world. We want this hope for us, and God is working for all of us. The early church, their mission was to get the, the gospel message of Christ to as many people as they could before this happened. They believed in the imminence of it, and we as the church today have gotten lazy And we've slacked off of our mission because our hope has dissipated. Interestingly enough, we have a bit of a warning about that in Luke. Luke ends up saying, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard. Another way to translate this is, take care. So that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness, and the worries of this life, and that that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. Interesting, right? Be on guard. Take care. Do not let your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness. In other words, don't squander your life. Don't overindulge your life. Give your life some intentionality based on this hope. Jesus gets to this point in verse 36. Be alert. And we want to stop there, but Jesus doesn't. He goes on to say, be alert at all times. That's complicated. It takes an amount of intentionality, but this is the hope that we're, not ta- that, that we're talking about. We're not talking about optimism. We are talking about this Hope. This hope that is anticipation, that is tension, that is patience, that is expectation. Be alert. One of my favorite movie, movie uh, franchises, and I have a bunch of them, so I guess it doesn't count for much, but one of my favorites is Pirates of the Caribbean. And, uh, and uh, you know, they're pirates, right? They're on boats and all this stuff. One of the expressions they use in this, uh, in this movie series is, keep a weather eye on that horizon, which means always be watching right? Because when you're, when you're out there on the open sea on a boat, the horizon is all you have. There's no way for you to know what's coming at you unless you're keeping a weather eye on that horizon, to know if it's going to be a storm or if it's land, if the sun is rising on the east or, the, or if we're uh, looking at the west. Like, this is important, to keep a weather eye on that horizon, to be alert. Hope that is intentional is hope that is in anticipation, that is intention, that is patient, that is expectantly waiting. This is the kind of hope that Scripture calls us to. It is a hope for, yeah, there's a for part to this hope. It is a hope for justice and righteousness. I turn back to our we haven't focused on our Old Testament much this morning. If you would like to know more about our secondary passage, come to Sunday school. We always unpack that a little bit more there. Gotta keep plugging that. <laughs> Jeremiah 33 gives these words, the days are surely coming. Anytime that expression's there, we can go ahead and say, all right, that's apocalyptic in nature. this hope for justice and righteousness let's go ahead and recognize here we're talking about the messiah right this is jeremiah we're talking about the messiah and here's the thing the messiah didn't come right away even though jeremiah's talking about the messiah a branch of david in fact it wasn't until almost 700 years later now sure we've been we've we've bypassed 700 almost three times now uh, but yeah 700 years difference between this passage and another. Uh, if you want to go for uh, David and the time difference there, about a thousand years from David to Jesus, right? So the timing isn't about our timing, it is about our expectation, our anticipation, our tension, our patience. And we, in our waiting, are anticipating the justice and righteousness for our salvation, Jeremiah talks about. These two words here, justice and righteousness, are in Hebrew, mishpat and tzedekah. Mishpat and tzedekah. Both of these terms can seem like they mean the same thing on the surface because they both mean right relationships with one another. Remember that time I brought that poster in here and we talked about relationships? Yeah, right relationship. Justice takes this by the law. Righteousness takes this by compassion. They're both necessary, and they both, uh, both end up being the culmination of our hope. Like, this is what we're talking about. The, the Messiah is the one who comes to execute justice and righteousness for us, for our salvation. And so in the season of Advent, we have this hope, not just that Christ came, but that Christ will come again and make all things right and bring all things into love. And so my challenge for us this week is to be alert. Be alert. Just as Christ told his disciples, be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Be alert, not idle, because our, in, in waiting and in hoping, we often get idle. And we've seen the church do that for far too long now. We've gotten stagnant. We've talked about that before. And guess what? This hope is not a passive hope. It is an intentional hope. Don't be idle, but be active. This hope is about our anticipation, the excitement of what is to come. It is about our patience, recognizing that there is a time in between. It is about our expectation what we know to be true by faith christ will come again and it is to be held in tension with an idle world because our world lives into the things that christ cautions the people cautions his disciples against be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation which that means squandering you know just doing whatever whenever all the things like the beginning of the prodigal son parable, dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. My goodness, we are all consumed with the worries of this life. Our anxiety levels are through the roof. We are in a mental health crisis. But Christ says, hope. And we hope in anticipation, in expectation, with patience, held in tension, because our hope is in Christ. Christ. Let us pray.